Welcome to the Morning Huddle, where business, healthcare, and lifestyle meet. This platform is designed to educate and equip business-minded training healthcare professionals to become the leaders in an evolving healthcare landscape. We are your hosts, Dr. Jermaine Fetty and student Dr. Kamal Smith. Today, we'll be having a conversation with Dr. O. Dr. O is a general dentist and owner of multiple successful dental practices in North Carolina. He'll be sharing his journey and answering common questions dental students and associates have about practice ownership. Enjoy part one of today's episode. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Olu of O2 Dental Group and Dino Dental Group and Cobalt at this point. So uh, me personally, wanted to give a personal message to Dr. O. He has been uh, more than gracious with sharing his time, his information with me over the months. Uh, I've been working with him since September at this point. So we're talking about almost half a year at this point. So I've been able to see O2 firsthand and see all the love and grace that's within this organization and how it really sets up uh, grads to really succeed and to really thrive. Um, I thought it was just apropos for us to be able to have a conversation and a dialogue about what it looks like to set a new grad up for success. Um, I'm a traveling dentist, as we all know, and I see a lot of different organizations and very few um, really take the time to put their hands around a new grad to make sure they're building them up the proper way. Uh, I know for myself personally, uh, Dr. Olu and I have conversations probably two or three times a month just to discuss my personal progress. Um, so he's really put the bar at a very high level to what it looks like for a personal mentorship when it comes to a new grad. I'm going to hand it off to Dr. Olu and let him introduce himself and his organizations. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the kind comments and feedback. Um, so, and thank you guys for the invitation. Uh, happy to be on your show, on your podcast. You, you guys are doing some, you're doing something amazing. So, you know, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing, uh, giving good information to dental students and new dentists, you know, to get them acclimated. So I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, but for me, um, like Dr. Fetty said, um, I, my wife and I own O2 Dental, which is mostly focused on adults. And we are beginning to go into the pediatric space a little bit. So we opened our first pedo office, um, Dino Kids Dental, which officially opened um, just a couple of months ago. So it is still something new that we are doing. Uh, so we have a management office in Fayetteville. So we are based out of Fayetteville mostly, but we have um, locations all over the state and more, more locations to come in the future, hopefully. Can you tell us a little bit about how you um, came to dentistry as a profession? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of always knew that I wanted to go somewhere in the medical field. I wanted to be involved in the medical space. I never exactly wanted to be a physician. I did not want to be in a hospital. I, just, I never enjoyed being in a hospital setting. So being a medical doctor was not one of my options. Uh, so I began looking at, you know, just um, options in the medical space that doesn't involve being in a hospital. So I shadowed a lot of medical specialties. 
Um, and one day I, I had a chance to shadow a dentist and it just, it, it sold me on it. <laughs> it, sold, it sold me on, you know, just having been your own independent clinician, having your own office, um, having the flexibility to um, control your, your day, your, your, your lifestyle, um, just that independence and the, the ability to have so much control on, on what you do day in and day out. I think that was something that was appealing to me. Um, so after I shadowed him, um, I kept in touch with him and it was, he kind of mentored me up to the point where I, when I applied, applied into dental school. And did you always know that you wanted to go into practice ownership or is that something that you decided on um, after you began practicing? No, I, I, I never, that was actually never my intention. Um, that was actually something that I wanted to avoid, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is quite funny. Um, it's that the way I actually fell into it was a little bit interesting. So there was, when I was at the, um, I was doing my AGD in Fayetteville at the VA hospital. I had a chance to moonlight at um, many offices. So one of the dentists that I, I, I used to go to, one of the offices that I used to go to, the dentist came to me and he had two locations. And he said, you know, he wanted to sell one of his locations. And he asked me if I wanted to buy it. And initially I said, no, like, that's, that's no way. <laughs> because that, that was something that I did not envision myself going into. But then um, I went back home and I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was thinking about the opportunity and the challenge and Finally, I, I talked myself into getting excited about it. So I went back to him and said, hey, you know, let's let's do it. Let's 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 make a deal. So that's how it that's how it happened. That's how I got into it. But it, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, it just kind of I, I fell into it. Man, I never even knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to transition and help get some answers from student uh, clinicians answered. So uh, first off, what made you choose UNC? Well, that's an easy one. Um, when I was applying, that was the only option in state. Mm. So obviously I wanted to stay in state. So going to UNC was a, was a logical option at that time, was the only option at that time. Um, I, I applied to a few schools out of state as well, but obviously I wanted to be close to family. So UNC was my number one option. Okay, easy enough. So what was your experience while you was at UNC? Um, it, was, it was tough, you know, you know dental schools, it's a challenge as we all know. Yeah. Uh, definitely took me a little while to adapt academically uh, to that pace. It's a much faster pace than what I was used to, um, but it was definitely a special time. You know, I met a lot of special people that challenged me mentally, emotionally. Um, and I, I think, you know, what's so special about UNC is being exposed to so many like intelligent people, so many intelligent minds, you know, having all the specialties available to you at your, at your disposal, um, being able to go into any of those offices and shadow people. 
So, you, you know, just that exposure that UNC gives to you is, is quite special. So that, that was one of the things that I enjoyed while I was at UNC. That's really good. So while you were there, you probably definitely dabbled in all the different clinics. So <laughs> what type of advice would you give to students when they're transitioning from more of a didactic work to more of the clinical side of things? Um, I think, you know, going, going into clinic, I think my biggest advice would be, you know, to be, to be confident. I, I think as a clinician, I think confidence is something that we, we must have, we must possess, you know, possess the ability to show our patient that we are confident in what we do and what we say. So, you know, believe in yourself, you know, even, even if you're seeing your first patient, you know, have that confidence that, you know, I've done this on the mannequin a million times. I, I feel confident in my ability to do this on a, on a live patient. Um, and ask a, ask a lot of questions, you know, like I, going back to what I said, UNC is filled with so many intelligent people, so many um, people that they are at the top of the dental game um, academically. So, you know, just taking the chance to ask, ask as many questions as possible. Um, and one thing too is when you are in clinic, always trying to make a connection with, you know, always understanding that what they teach you in school may not always be the way that you do it outside of school. Uh, so I always took the chance to ask my um, the clinicians, like, you know, how would you do this in your own office, you know? If you were in a private office setting, how would you go about this case? What would you do? Uh, so I was always asking, you know, questions, just constantly asking questions. I know for myself personally, one of the first times we met, you said, when you talk to the patients, explain everything to them, especially the downside of things. Really yeah. walk you through the downside of things. So God forbid if it happens, They've already heard it and it's not an excuse. It's more of a, this is one of the things that could happen that's associated with this procedure. And that has helped big time. I mean, yeah. because patients, we, we, we're doing some amazing work over at O2 and we're really pushing the envelope when it comes to getting patients work done in a timely manner for them in an affordable way. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Doc, that was that was a, definitely a gem that I've implemented into my uh, current scope of work. So I want to ask you this. Um, yeah. What was the most impactful experience you had while you were in school? And on top of that, how did you prepare? Even though I know you said you weren't really thinking about practice ownership. How did you prepare for practice ownership in any possible way? Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. You know, yeah, going back to what I said, definitely I wasn't thinking about ownership uh, when I was in dental school. So unfortunately, I didn't have that mindset to um, ask the questions that I should have. But again, just having that understanding that school is, is gonna be completely different from anything outside of it. And whatever you, you decide to go into after school, if it is public health, if it is um, a specialty, whatever. So, you know, just, Going back to that question, just always asking, um, you know, how would you handle this um, outside of a school, school setting? Just to get a better understanding of um, 
treatment planning, patient communication, you know, those are all key components. And yeah, going back to what you said, Dr. Fetty, just, you know, um, knowing how to talk to patients, how to talk to people, how to deal with people, how to deal with assistants, how to talk to assistants. Um, so I think that those are all huge components that we have to understand while in school. Um, luckily, I was able to navigate those things quite well, and I tried to hone those skills, you know, how to get along with people, basically, <laughs> and how to manage assistance and manage patients. So I, I think those are, those are skills that will be beneficial anywhere you go after school. Mm -hmm. The downsides of working with Dr. O is the fact that seeing his patients are, is, are hard sometimes. They are so die hard for him. They all, sometimes they think that I am him. And when they think, I just let them know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't seen you in a year. And I'm like, I haven't seen you in a while either. <laughs> and then eventually I gotta, I gotta break the bad news to them, let them know I'm, I'm not Dr. O. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Okay. That, that, that loyalty is a, is a testament to, to yeah, the good work that he does. They go hard for him. I, I for sure. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, you kind of touched on it already, but I just wanted to dive in a little deeper on the differences between um, clinical practice in a dental school setting. So it's like D3, D4, working in a dental school setting versus uh, working in practice. Uh, what do you see are the major differences between um, working in the dental clinic compared to working in practice? I mean, obviously, you know, you have the time components, um, the ability to manage um, more than one patient at a time. Mm. So in dental school, how, many, how much time are they giving to you guys now for one patient? Um, yeah, we usually have about two and a half hours. Yeah, so. Two and a half hours. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, and that's for like, what, one filling or something like that? Uh, it, it depends on the day, but we could do a couple of different fillings in a day or extraction, depending on um, just what the case is that given day. It sounds like I've been more flexible with you guys. I, I think back when I was in school, it, it was like one patient and then, you know, you can only do one thing. Mm -hmm. And then if you wanted to do more, you have to, it's like you have to jump past all these um, hoops yeah. just to do anything additional. So um, obviously when you're outside of a school setting, you, you won't get as much time to dedicate to, to one patient. Uh, not, at, not as much time as they give to you in school. So you need the ability to manage multiple patients at, at one time, um, including checking on your hygienist. So definitely a speed component that um, it can take a lot, a lot of dentists, a lot of new dentists. It can be difficult for them to manage at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and then also a lot of inefficiencies, not quite inefficiencies, but in school, they want to teach you how to do things the most ideal way possible. Mm -hmm. So for example, you may have like um, two hours for a wax bite appointment or a wax trying for a denture, but obviously, that's not feasible outside of the school setting. So you, you have to find ways, you have to find ways to be a lot more efficient with your time. Uh, so that's a big component as well. Um, and a, a lot of that, again, has to do with asking questions, asking your, your professors, you know, how would you manage this? Um, 
outside of the school setting in your own office, how would you do this? And also, I think shadowing in school is also key. You know, if you have a chance to just kind of take the time to go to a dentist, um, a private dentist and shadow them, it's gonna allow you to easily make those connections and, and see what they are teaching, teaching to you in school. And now you can apply that to when you're done with school, after school. So I think I would definitely advise students to continue to shadow. A lot of us kind of stop shadowing once we get into dental school, um, but it's, it's still, it is still essential. It is still, it is still valuable to take that time to go out and see what is outside of the school setting. Mm, that's, that's great advice. Um, just continue shadowing after you get into dental school. And that's something yeah. that, that can really give you that exposure. So it's not as much of a learning curve um, after exactly. you graduate because you've been in that type of environment. And, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great advice. Um, my, my question for you is how was your experience transitioning from uh, the dental school environment and to um, practice and how are you able to um, get over that learning curve as far as needing to be more effective as a as a dentist with smaller time frames to get um, get through your procedures? Yeah, good question. Um, I think for me, luckily, I I felt confident in my skills and my clinical skills coming out of school, um, and that's because I I did a lot of externships that what kind of like, they had that same feeling, the same vibe as being in a private office. So I got, I, I had a chance to see like multiple patients a day, do multiple things um, when I did my externships. So that was quite valuable. So after school, I was able to quickly jump into an office and I was able to easily adapt. Uh, so I was lucky when it came to that. But you know, when it comes to speed and efficiency, it's, it's gonna come naturally with time. You know, as time goes on, you'll get faster, you'll get better, you'll find better ways to, to manage some cases. Uh, so a lot of it just comes with, with time and patience, but definitely while you're in school, you want, you want to get your hands in as many patients, uh, on as many patients and help as many patients as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we mentioned earlier about your practice, O2 Dental Group. Could you just tell us um, kind of the, the setup of your dental practice, um, the type of dental setting um, that it is, and how many practices um, are, are there currently? Yeah, so we have four dent, um, O2 Dental office locations, and we have one Dino Kit Dental office location. Uh, so the way each one is set up is, uh, so we have smaller offices. I think the smallest office we have has six, six chairs. And then we have um, offices that have as many as 12 chairs. So basically each one is set up to have at least two dentists at a time. Uh, so we believe that, you know, dentists should be together, work together. We don't believe in being solo. Um, not that it's anything bad about being solo, but we just believe that, you know, when you have the ability to have a dentist beside you or a second dentist in the office, 
we think it's more valuable for patients. Um, you know, there's a better chance to discuss cases, discuss challenging cases, and come to the best solution for, for patients. And then you don't have to close the office. You know, if you need to take a vacation, if you need to take time off, if you get sick. Um, so when we build an office, we always want to make sure that it can accommodate at least two dentists. So that's a that's a big component. And the way it's it's all set up is we would like to say that we are patient focused. Uh, we want patients to come into the office and for it not to feel like a dental clinic, for it not to look like a dental clinic. So we have as many distractions as possible <laughs> to make sure that patients, um, they, they, they don't feel like I'm, I'm at a dentist. Mm -hmm. So we have TVs on the ceilings. You got two TVs in, in front of the patient. Um, there's a lot of trivia and games and they can watch Netflix, they can watch Hulu. So all of that is something that we, we try to do just to minimize that anxiety that a lot of patients feel when they walk into, into a dental office. And then also, um, we definitely believe in technology, new technology. Um, so digital scanners, your CAD cam. So as many technologies as we, we can um, introduce into the office, you know, we, we believe that it's what is best for the patient as long as it gives us better patient outcomes. Yeah, definitely. Um, my next question is, uh, as a practice owner, what type of qualities do you look for in new graduates in the hiring process? Um, uh, honestly, number one is personality. Mm. I think when it comes to, I believe that when it comes to skills, um, most dental students, not all of them, you, you have some that are not clinically sound, but most dental students are coming out at the same level clinically, just about. Um, so we, we are looking for people with that, with personalities that can connect with patients, you know, people that can get along with staff members. Um, so to us, that is the biggest component. So we're not going to invite you and test out your skills, you know, and tell you to, you know, do something on a mannequin or a dental model. Like it's, it's all about how you talk to people, if you can talk to people. Uh, so for us, it's all about the personality and the ability to connect. That's great advice, um, especially for dental students that are in that process right now, just honing in on which, which qualities do they need to really develop to put themselves in the, in the mm -hmm. best situation to get a job. Um, following graduation. And yeah, I will add to that too, just um, flexibility. You know, um, I think people that are flexible and have an open mind and they want to explore, they want to do as much clinically as mm -hmm. possible. Um, so, you know, if you come in and you're saying, I just want to do composite films all day and that's all I want to do, most likely we'll, <laughs> We're going to say no, thank you. But if you come in and you, you have that open mind and you want to challenge and push yourself and you want to get into um, implants, you want to get into Invisalign, 
you want to get into some complex cases, you know, those are, those are people that we do value um, because we try to offer you the opportunities um, to go out and get those additional skills. Mm -hmm. uh, so we believe that we can build up those skills as long as somebody comes in and they are motivated to be better clinically and to challenge themselves clinically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that actually perfectly ties into my next question is about continuing education. And mm -hmm. I understand that, um, that many of the dentists at O2 are continually involved in continuing education. Um, so I just wanted to hear from your perspective um, the importance of continuing education, especially for um, new dentists. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the, the O2 model is kind of like a, a one-stop shop model. We, we want patients to come in and be able to get all the dental services that they need in one office. Uh, so we are doing implants, we are doing, we are doing um, traditional orthodontics, dentures, whatever, you name it, we most likely do it. Um, we have some dentists that get into sleep apnea um, so we give, we give our dentists the flexibility to do as much as they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but if we, you just don't come in and we say, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> mm -hmm. We want to make sure that you're clinically trained and that you are clinically sound and you have the skills um, that you need so that you can do those things safely and um, efficiently on patients. So that's why we believe in CEs. We believe that um, it is an investment in our patients and it is also an investment in our doctors as well. Uh, we, want, we want what is best for patients. We want what is best for doctors. We want them to be able to advance clinically. Um, so it's, it's an easy choice for us to, to decide to make that investment in them because it's, it's going to pass on to the success, to the, not only the, the success of the office, but also to the, um, to good patient outcomes and to patient satisfaction. Mm -hmm. How often do new dentists participate in CE courses? And how frequent are those courses? Oh, um, all the time, all the time. Um, so yeah, most, most dentists, you know, I would say after their first few months, they'll usually find a CE class to go to, to get into. Uh, so it's, it's something that it is quite up to use mm -hmm. at O2. Um, so yeah, obviously coming out of school, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot that you may not have been exposed to. Mm -hmm. So having the opportunity to go out and maybe gain some additional skills or to get better at something, like maybe get better at endo because you didn't do so many endo cases in school. I think that's something that a lot of dentists that come to O2, like, they like to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I'm just gonna interject two points. Uh, number mm -hmm. one, uh, Doc, he's really underselling the patient experience. Yes, we have the Netflix and the Hulu, but we have warm towels <laughs> for the patient's faces. Patients are always thankful that we're open till 8 p.m., that we're open on Saturdays. I mean, very few clinics open up on Saturdays or Fridays, or even late Fridays. So I know patients are very, very appreciative of that, definitely in a big way. 
You mm-hmm. also touched on it um, previously, and I think continued education is more than just going to a course in Nevada or something. You know, I think having two doctors in the same office on a daily basis is a continual education of its own. I'd be remiss not to bring up Dr. Tatiana Novez, who has been hands-on with me since the first day I arrived there, and to be able to bounce ideas off of her really helps you build courage in a fast way because you know that there's always somebody that's senior over you who's looking over and making sure that our outcomes are the best for the patients always. So mm-hmm. I think every day we go into the office, it's a continuing education experience. So yeah. we remiss not to bring that up. It's, it's an absolute amazing experience there. Next, I have a question for you. What, what, what motivated you to start O2 Dental Group? I know you acquired a practice, but what made you go from a practice to a group? Yeah, um, excellent question. Um, so as you guys know, my, uh, as you may know, my wife is also a dentist. So she went to ECU. So she was finishing up school in 2018. And um, we just, we, did, we decided that we wanted to do something together. We, we, we wanted to um, just build something together. So we decided to open up an office. Um, and that's where the O2 name comes from because it's two of us. So <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to build something together and do something special. And O2 is definitely like a combination of, of the two of us. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of me and a lot of uh, Dr. Lydia as well. So, you know, when we opened the first O2 in Wilmington, um, it was a, a big success. You know, patients loved it. Uh, patients loved the model. And we, we decided at that point that hey, we can build more and do more locations. Um, so that's how, it, that's how it began. We've been trying, I'm glad you finally clarified that because we've been trying to figure out at the office. Is this your first name and your last name that makes the O2? It was where you and Dr. Lydia. So now we can put that one to rest. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>